All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Can you see it? Did you notice? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. It arms You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in a Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello. 
Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com. Free shipping, Canada-wide, on any order over $50. Be sure to go check them out. Retail location in Surrey as well, and you can find them all over the social medias online uh, at Zephyr Epic, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, whatever it is. They've got you covered for all of your trading card needs. And Chris, right off the top, I got to talk to you about a trading card need of mine. So I don't know if you've seen this series that there is. It's by Tops. It's baseball. Tops, Allen, and Ginter. Uh, I've talked about this in the past. Those are just beautiful, beautiful looking cards. There's a Julio Rodriguez rookie card that I've got my eye on. So that's my next uh, next card that I'm looking for. My name is David Quadrilli, joined as always by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Chris, you, uh, I'm, I'm getting used to this headset of yours, and I'm starting to think I need to get one because we did a quick mic test before the show today. That mic's done. That mic that's popping and locking, it's done. I love to swear on this show, but I hecking hate that mic so much. Um, this is much better. Uh, this is good. But this one, you said we might catch some yips here and there. Uh, from uh, from Lil Bert, who's getting bigger by the day. Uh, but uh, I think that adds to the show better than the crackling noise that sounds like you're uh, chewing on tinfoil. That's basically the sound that I get version in my ears, which is horrendous. So, yes, I like it. And now look at us both. Hands free. Sort of, right? Like, you're not holding that mic up. Look at us. Look at us. Taldega Knights. When's the last time you've seen Taldega Knights? Uh, about three or four years ago, I'd say. Oh God, yeah, it's been a while for me too. I wonder if it holds up. I'm gonna guess there's a few things in there that uh, aren't uh, 2023 goodness. Uh, but look at Alex. How quick was Alex on that poll here? Alex, Alex was watching Talladega Nights as the show started. It just happened to be at the right time. That's how quick he was uh, with the poll there. I gotta uh, start the start the show off. I don't know how these off seasons are gonna go because, like, let's let's be honest. How much Canucks news was there? In Vancouver land, not a lot. We'll get to a ton of Abbotsford stuff today. We're going to be joined by Jet Wu uh, at one fifteen. We'll touch on all the odds and ends, but we're going to spend some time on some other stuff. So I want to start with this energy drink that I got here. Oh, let's go. Skittles. Skittles energy drink. Because you know why, Quads? What did I do yesterday? I didn't answer any of your 44 text messages in five hours there because I was in the United States last night or yesterday morning. So you showed me that can. Yep. It says zero sugar on it. Don't worry about it. That doesn't alarm you at all? That Skittles, is something that is branded as Skittles, has zero sugar, but nope. tastes like Skittles? That doesn't alarm you at all? I got this advice from somebody to uh, for, to all the haters out there for the energy drink. Listen, I'm getting 250% of my daily B12 vitamins. Niacin, that's a vitamin too, I think. I'm getting that in there. So I'm just drinking my vitamins. It's like... Uh, it's like uh, athletic greens or whatever, pretty much, you know, drinking your vitamins, staying healthy, all that stuff. And then, you know, hey, what's my work rate been like the last 10 days here? Through the roof at Canucks Army, everything, Abbotsford Canucks content, it's all blown up, all good stuff. Thank you to the energy drinks for that, because uh, without them, I'd be I'd be a sad little sack drinking freaking tea again. And I'm not going down that road. Um, I might have a tea pretty soon this week, though, when you and I go for lunch and you pay for the whole thing. You pay for the entire lunch. Quads, why don't you let people know why you have to buy me a lunch? Because we're sitting in the press box on Friday night at the Abbotsford Canucks game. Electric atmosphere, by the way. We're going to talk a lot of Abbotsford on today's show. But you lean over to me, and it was tied at 2-2 at this point. And you said, hey, 
let's make a bet. I get to pick three Abbotsford goal scorers and you get the rest of the team. Uh, if my guy scores, whoever loser buys lunch was basically the bet. And I was trying to watch the game and I was hardly paying attention. I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. All I know is we're going for lunch together. I'm excited about that. So I was like, okay, whatever, sure, let's do it. Of course, you pick Niels Huglander, who is the most dominant player in the AHL right now. Sure enough, he's the one that pots the goal. Looking back, I probably shouldn't have taken that bet. But, you know, one of the guys you picked was Max Sasson. I was like, he's probably not going to score. But, you know, at least you didn't just pick, like, you know, the top three scorers on Abbotsford or whatever. But Niels Huglander, of course, huge game. So, yes, you won the bet. You won the bet. Yeah, I can't wait to go to um, – where do I want to go? Something where somewhere go somewhere Italian place you haven't been. Maybe we'll go to that uh, Joe's Italian I haven't brought you to yet. Um, that's a good spot. Let's get to it, Abbotsford. You brought it up. Hey, I just want to start with this. Your first experience at an Abbotsford Canucks game, right? You've never been to one before. You've been to Ab- were you at Abbotsford the no, preseason? I- yeah, I was there for training camp and preseason, but mm-hmm. I'd never been to an actual Abbotsford Canucks AHL game. Talk us through, man. What do you think? The atmosphere was a- that was that was maybe the best I've seen the building on Friday. Had to be. So, as you said, I had never been prior to, so I don't know if that was, you know, you have to think that that's among the best. And I took notes because I'm working on a really big story for Canucks Army. Um, Just, you know, I used to do those listicles and I'll tell the people on the podcast because I'm hoping to get it done soon. Uh, X number of reasons why you should go to an Abbotsford Canucks game. And I posted it on Twitter as well. And folks, go look at the replies. Go look at the replies to that tweet where I said, what would you tell someone who's never been to a game why they should go to an Abbotsford Canucks game? Because I had a few reasons, but I wanted to hear from the locals, right? I wanted to hear from people who have been there all year long. And Chris, let me tell you, man, they are building something special out there in Abbotsford. Like as an organization, you feel it immediately when you walk in the building. I felt it when I was there for Friday for the playoff game. And obviously they sweep the Bakersfield Condors uh, in that series. And, you know, it it was a big win for the team because Niels Huglanders continued to be absolutely dominant. But the one thing that I really, really got the vibe of immediately, Chris, was just the Like, I got the sense that the people in the stands at an Abbotsford Canucks game all really wanted to be there. Mm. And I don't know if you get that vibe with a Vancouver Canucks game or if if you have lately, right? Like, I I feel like there's, you know, people leaving early. There was obviously none of that in Abbotsford. And that's not the only example. I, I think what I'm trying to get to here is just, look, like, I think everybody has a story this year where they were offered free tickets and they were just like, you know what, I'd rather do something else tonight. And not everybody's done that, but you probably know someone who that's been the case with this season. Uh, Like, look, it was a tough season for the big club in the NHL level. Absolutely. But in terms of the atmosphere, you could just feel it that absolutely everybody there was there to cheer on the Abbotsford Canucks. You know, obviously there's no Bakersfield Condor sweaters, but basically no matter who you go to at the NHL level, right? Like when it's a Canucks game, you're going to see opposing sweaters as well right it was a different environment in the sense that everybody there was there to cheer on the Abbotsford Canucks and I don't think you get that experience at really any NHL game but definitely not at a Canucks game uh, especially this season but you really got it with the building just absolutely rocking after each goal. And I have the goal reactions up on my Twitter account. You can go through. That's kind of the system we did. Um, I, I recorded as soon as a goal was scored and just the towels, everything about it. Everybody wanted to be there and everybody wanted to cheer on the Abbotsford Canucks. And this isn't a knock on uh, fans of the Vancouver team. Uh, it's just that, you know, Lisa Martin even said there's lower ticket costs and more entertainment. It was 
it was a blast. That's the shortest way to put it. That was the most fun I've had at a hockey game. Look, like I went to every Canucks game last year. I, I sat through them all. And of course, I'm in a press box, but I was in the press box for Abbotsford too. Uh, it was the most fun I had seen fans at a hockey game have in a very, very long time. Yeah. To Lisa's point, lower ticket costs for sure and more entertainment. I'd actually argue a little bit because entertainment from hockey, yes. Entertainment from a production value, that's better at Rogers Arena. Rogers Arena does a very good job of actually like presenting it as an event. Abbotsford felt like a hockey game, right? Like That really was fun hockey on Friday. I think that's why so many people enjoyed it. And hey... How much, how much were we having a laugh about, you know, the kids in there? The kids were having the best time. Heck, remember the suite to our right? Kids were shirtless the whole game. There's, a, there's about six kids beside us whipping their t-shirts around, having an absolute blast. It, it just, that's what it felt like to me. It felt more like a hockey game than an entertainment event. Like, that's what I loved. That's what I've been loving about Abbotsford all season long. Madeline says, uh, says, Friday's game was awesome. I've been to more games in Abbotsford than Vancouver this year, even though I live in Vancouver because they've been way more fun. And yes, way cheaper too. You could have gotten the building on Friday, 30 bucks a ticket. You're in there for an AHL playoff game, which was just electric. You get to take home a towel with you. Great folks in there. You know the staff. You saw me with the staff. Those are my people out there. Awesome folks at the Abbotsford Center. I'm actually writing about that right now. Um, So that was great. Loved it. And Vince has got a great point here. Old school, but much prefer a hockey game to a production. Love that. That's what I love. It was good hockey. You cared so much about what was happening on the ice. And that was the focus. It wasn't what song's playing, what uh, what thing they're doing here with the lookalikes. It was all about the hockey game. And you could tell the fans were locked in from the first drop of the puck to the final horn. And Abbotsford takes it 4-2 to two in that one. Just an awesome experience uh, out there in Abbotsford. We got Jet Wu in less than five minutes here. But do you want to touch on something quick from the game? Give me a takeaway from about the goaltenders. Because I was a little surprised. You get a shutout in game one. You go with a different goaltender in game two. But that's your MVP. So not a huge shocker. But I was a little surprised, to be honest, to see Seelovs take the ice and warm up first. Yeah, I was also surprised. And it looks like that's what they're going to do is just continue to alternate goaltenders. They've been doing that since March. So you're going to see it continue, I believe, in this next series against the Calgary Wranglers. Um, look, I, I've given my take on it before, especially when a guy gets a shutout. I think you should stick with that guy. And I think the deeper you get in the playoffs, the harder it becomes to switch goaltenders. But they haven't run into any issues yet, right? So don't fix it if it ain't broke. I understand. I understand the thought process from Jeremy Colleton uh, and his coaching staff out there. Uh, so we're expecting to see, obviously, Spencer Martin for game one against the Calgary Wranglers on Wednesday. Night. We'll be back on Thursday to break that game down as well. But the one thing I want to talk about on the production value side because we were just talking about oh uh you know you don't want the entertainment you want it to be on the ice the on ice product this is not a criticism and i don't want to speak for you chris but the way i took it was you weren't trying to criticize you know like steven uh steven van voot i don't know how to say his last name uh al murdoch all those people that go into the game presentation side because they do a phenomenal job oh, it's great it's I want just you to try it's, to imagine yeah i'm sorry it's, it's just not Listen, they do a good job, and it's a good time. It's why I've said people that go to a game once a month, they probably have a great time at Canucks games because they do an incredible job of making an event, like a Friday night event, a Saturday night event. With Abbotsford, the Friday night event is the hockey. It's the hockey through and through. You can feel it. It has a junior hockey-type feel to it, but it's guys who are going to be in the NHL in the next couple of years. It's, it's awesome for what's going on out there in Abbotsford. 
And that's the thing, right? Like that, like that's the thing that I keep coming back to is just that, like, imagine a Canucks game without all that production stuff, right? Like, imagine it without a pregame video. And I know you saw it like 40 times this year, but for, for the fan, like you just said, that goes once a month, imagine a game without that. There's for not sure. much else going on, Chris. So look, like Abbotsford, you're right. They don't need it. But, uh, you know, again, just wanted to make sure we're not, uh, we're not taking any shots at the uh, production staff uh, over at Rogers Arena because they do a fantastic job. But look, there's no denying that the on ice product is better. And, and that's the other take that I have. And, we're just waiting on Jet Wu, so I might have to continue talking about this after. But my main takeaway, Chris, was that, and I said this to you, this feels like a smaller version of what Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvine are trying to build the NHL club into, right? Like, it's a team that plays with a ton of structure. It's a team that seemingly has really good culture. The players are very close with one another. We understand all that, and we see all that, and it's infectious, right? Like, we talk about the enjoyment of the game, it was infectious, right? Like it, it was something that everybody could feel um, no matter where you were on the ice. And I'm sure that's the case for the players. Uh, so we'll talk to a player right now. Brought to you by Zephyr Epic. Uh, very pleased to be joined now by Abbotsford Canucks defenseman, Jet Wu. Jet, how's it going today? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Doing well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, Jet. We're excited to get you back yeah. on the show. Uh, wondering, first to start off with, uh, last time you are on here, my co-host David Quadrelli wearing his Snuggie, are you wearing a Snuggie? I hear you're driving around. Is it a, is it a driving Snuggie or what? That, no, I uh, I left it at uh, I left it back home in Winnipeg, but I got a couple couple fuzzy sweaters that I'm I'm always wearing around. If you ask one of the guys, <laughs> absolutely. I wanted to uh, to ask about that run in Winnipeg. How much fun was that, man? Because we're seeing you. You go to cheer on your brother. You're scoring goals. How much fun was that uh, kind of whole week there, uh, going back home for a little bit at the end of the season? Yeah, that was uh, that was awesome. And you know, on top of that, to get the two wins that we did, where it made it even better. But um, I think you could. I think all the guys could tell. The coach could tell how excited I was to play there. And um, kind of like what you said, I was able to go watch my my little brother play. Um, that was awesome. And 
Uh, we were able to go eat at, at uh, my family restaurant as well. So um, it, it was a good week. It was a lot of great memories and we had a good time. Okay, we talked to Artie, I think two weeks ago, we talked to Artie about the family restaurant and he was very impressed. What's the best thing on the menu and what did the guys seem to enjoy the most? Ooh, uh, you know what? It, it was funny. We started off with, um, you know, just the, the normal dishes, rice and, and noodles and all that. But then, you know, the food just kept coming and coming and coming. And, uh, you know, for me personally, um, you know, the, probably the, maybe the chicken balls or the... the um, yeah. Oh, you put me on the spot right now. There's so many good things. You know, the lemon chicken is awesome. Uh, but no, the, the guys seem to really enjoy it. Um, it was, it was Vinny Arsenal's birthday the day, the day before. So we were able to get him a cake and, and enjoy that as well. So, uh, no, I'm glad I already enjoyed it. I know the guys enjoyed it. Hopefully uh, we'll be able to kind of keep that going the next couple of times we go to Winnipeg. Yeah. They, they said they had you run around like a waiter. So I have to ask who was the worst tipper on the team? <laughs> <laughs> I I'm, I don't know I didn't uh, I don't know if we charge the players to go there. It was just we were just excited to, to to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody spoke really highly of it, so that was great. Kind of end of the season thing to bring all the guys together, and you guys have really come together in these first two home games for the HL playoffs. Jet, we were just talking about the atmosphere and how much fun we had at the game on Friday, watching you guys sweep the series there. What is that like? Like towels going, everything in that arena felt like every eyes, every set of eyes was locked in on the game, you know, from the first drop of the puck to the final horn. How good is that for a player to know that your city's behind you like that and showing so well at the arena? No, it was amazing. You know, that last year being so disappointed with not being able to play games in the playoffs at home, um, I think that hit a lot of us, especially that, you know, there's a lot of returning players. So to, to get that chance to come back to Abbotsford and play a game, uh, we were all super excited to to hear that 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 last game, the second game, would have been you know a sellout. Uh, just just made it even you know even more better. And kind of like you said, those, those towels. You know, me, me me coming back from Winnipeg, um, I grew up going to Jets games, going to those whiteout games in the playoffs, and that's a lot what that reminded me of. Just a sellout crowd, towels going everywhere. Um, it, it was a great great sight for sure. And Jet, you were obviously in a bit of a different position when you were in the playoffs last year. Your progression this year as a player is something we've definitely taken a note of. What's gone right for you this year? Uh, you know, I think it's, uh, I'm just trying to take, you know, this next year as a as another development year and um, really try to hone into my game, you know, you know, being more strong defensively, move pucks and, you know, at the right times be offensive as well and um, you know, with all the injuries or call ups that have happened this year, I think I've been able to, um, I guess, capitalize on my opportunity to kind of step in and help the team where they need me. So uh, I think it's just been able to help my game personally as well as the team. And have you spent any time with the development staff? Like, you know, we, we obviously know Adam Foote, Sergey Gonchar are there, but also the Sedins as well. Uh, what's that been like working with those guys? Yeah, I know, you know, definitely having the Sedins around in Abbotsford. Um, you know, almost I'd probably say every practice and uh, having having them you know work with a lot of guys, myself included, and um, you know having you know their experience and it, it shows you know just even you know, it's it's crazy you know you talk about it and and having them even just pass you pucks in practice. Some guys you know you'll take it for granted every now and then, but uh, it, you know two Hall of Famers, two of the you know greatest passers to play the game, you know passing you pucks, passing you one timers, talking to you. You know, just, you know, having fun talking to each other. So yeah, it's a great experience, and I know a lot of guys love it. How much credit deserves to go to what the coaching staff has done this year, Jed? It feels like you guys are playing with 
just a different structure than we see in the AHL from a lot of other teams. It, it seems there's so many periods where you guys are allowing two shots against on net, three shots against on net. How much of that is on the coaching staff and the players being able to buy into what the structure is being taught down there? Yeah, it, it's been great. Um, you know, I think it's you know this year with with Jeremy and, and him, you know, just even the little things that we're working on with changing and and where where to dump the puck. Um, you know, just the smallest little things. You know, I think we practice our changes and all that kind of stuff every couple practices. And, and the show was kind of like you said with um, how we are in the first, second, and third, letting you know, just you know a couple of shots every every period. But uh, you know, I think leading up to games, we have a great you know game setting plan, and, and for these playoffs, we do too. So um, it's been great having everyone buy in, and, and you can really tell when guys buy in because, like you said, we're playing those great periods. So it, it's exciting for us uh, to, to show that. Jet, you mentioned you're getting a couple different opportunities. We've seen you on the power play this year. You actually led the team uh, out of the defenseman with seven goals this year. What happened with the offense there, man? It feels like uh, you've just been finding the back of the net a lot more than you have over your time as a pro. So what changed a little bit this year? Was it about opportunity or was it about something you improved in your game? I think I just have to shoot the puck a little bit more. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I, I think I went, uh, went into the summer with you know, a little fire in my belly and, and uh, you know, not being, you know, satisfied for how things went and, uh, definitely went home practice and all that. But I think as well, just having those, having the guys, you know, go to the net for rebounds, go to the net for screens. Um, it, it's the little things that we practice that, you know, how let's, uh, you know, everyone else be a little bit more successful. So, you know, credit goes to them as well for, you know, Jet, we want to talk about your teammates a little bit here. Which teammate in Abbotsford, uh, whose impact? goes underrated do you think hmm. whose impact that's a good question um the one the one problem with that is that you know we have we've had so many guys um getting their opportunity to get called up and not be around as much um you know you can't forget guys like phil and, and Breezebois who aren't here anymore um you know drive who is you know who is here um you know, earlier in the season um, you know, we're lucky to have Wooly back and Jules and um, all the guys that came back down. Um, but no, it's, it, we, we, we have, you know, obviously we have a lot of young guys, but at the same time we have those veteran guys that are, um, super critical and, and crucial for our team in, in order to su- succeed. So, um, for me personally, it's, I don't really, I can't really say one guy just now. I, I, you know, a bunch of those guys stick out of mind. Just Vinny Arsenault would have been the answer. Um, Jet, <laughs> I, I got to ask because 22-year-old is what you're sitting at right now. You came to this league pretty young. You're in your kind of third season now. It's been a couple of weird years because of the pandemic and just situations like that. Has that made it so difficult for you in a very crucial point of your career as a, as a, as a hockey player, a guy that was drafted pretty high? I have to imagine these last couple of years before this year had to be pretty difficult to go through. Yeah, um, you know, I think... The first year, you know, being in Utica and then having that, you know, half, you know, maybe quarter year with COVID. Um, and then, you know, the whole uh, change right to Abbotsford and then kind of more of a full year, but, you know, injuries, same with COVID a little bit. It was tough. Um, you know, everyone went through it. Everyone goes through it differently. And, and, and for me, um, you know, like I said last year, I, I wasn't satisfied for how the season went and um, especially losing in the first round of playoffs. And, um, you know, I can speak for a lot of guys. A lot of guys weren't satisfied as well. So um, for me, it was just getting back to my roots and, and the reason why the team drafted me in the first place. And that's, um, you know, for me, what I think is I, I play 
when I'm playing at my best, I'm playing simple, I'm playing hard and, and gritty. I'm moving pucks and I'm being, um, you know, being that pest to play against. And I want to be able to, to play against the team's top lines. And you know, even when I'm not scoring or getting points, um, that's not necessarily my game. It's, it's, it's those things that I just said. So um, I think that's something that I'm going to have to uh, try to keep going, going into the second round. So I got to, to, re- to respond to your answer there. After seeing the way you guys finished off the season against the Wranglers, this series kind of sets itself up perfect for you to play to your strengths, it feels like. Right. No, absolutely. And, and um, you know, they got some some good players, some fast players over there. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, not just myself playing gritty, but I think the whole team's got to chip away at them. And um, I think if we stick to our game plan, that we, we've shown that we can beat them and then we can be a top team this league. No. Jet, everybody's wondering this. Do you like the AHL playoff format? This is our final question to you, and I know it's totally off the board, but the uh, you get the three home games uh, at the end there. Or, you know, hopefully you don't <laughs> need them all, but three home games there at the end. Do you like yep. the AHL playoff format? Because our chat's kind of going nuts about it right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, everyone's kind of got their own say about it. You can look at it you know, different ways, but, um, you know, for us, going to Calgary for two games and then, you know, finishing out the series in Abbotsford, I think that plays to our advantage. You know, we were, uh, you know, me personally, I was pretty surprised that they chose that, um, especially how the the series went with them uh, the last time they are here. Um, we love playing in Abbotsford. We love having the home crowd. We, we know that's an advantage for us. We know teams don't like coming to Abbotsford because of how well we play. Um, so I, I don't have too much to, to, uh, to complain about it. Um, you know, even if they didn't pick the other way around, we we still have two games back to back in Abbotsford that we, we I know I would be pretty confident in. So, uh, you know, for me, I, I try not to look into that. Just try to see who we're playing. But um, no, I got no complaints. I'm excited to, to go to Calgary and then bring it back to Abbotsford. Absolutely, you guys get going on Wednesday. It's going to be a lot of fun, uh, and then a little bit of a break after those two games in Calgary. Actually, so we'll have to see what happens. But Final thing I'll close out with here, and this is the last one from us, even though my co-host just lied to you 15 seconds ago. Um, I got to ask about this because I heard for all 42 games this year, all the wins that you guys have had, One Step at a Time by Jordan Sparks has been played. Do you know every word to that song? And who is the person, I don't even want to say to blame because it's a great song, but who brought that in as the win song for you guys? You know what? I uh, I look back at our one of our first couple wins of the season. I don't think we had a win song yet. Um, and I don't know who the DJ was at the time. It might've been either Neeler or Bonesy. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's probably going to be one of those guys. It, it definitely wasn't our first choice, but somehow we, we, we just came about it and you know, it was just kind of our thing, I guess at the end, but. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's funny, yeah. Absolutely. So like karaoke, is everybody just like fighting for that song if you guys end up going out or something? I guess so, yeah. No, I, it, I, you know, at this point, it, it's kind of just white noise. We're just getting undressed. <laughs> we're uncomfortable laughing. But, uh, no, it's, yeah, that's, uh, I don't even know who would have started that. Yeah, maybe, maybe Neeler, I guess. All right, sounds like it. All right, well, Jet, we appreciate you joining us here. All the best in this series. I know that, you know, Canucks Nation is really bought into what this AHL team is doing this year, and especially now in the playoffs. So we can't wait for you guys to be back at the Abbotsford Center. But all the best down there whooping the Wranglers' ass. Best of luck. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You betcha. There he is. Jet Wu joining the show. Great guest to have. Second time. on it. Yeah, second time this year, right? Yes. Yeah, second time. Also, quick story about Jet Wu. 
uh, when he started doing it, like everybody else, he did Twitch streaming, uh, playing video games during the pandemic and recording it. Mr. Booth jumped in his chat and was like, hey, Jet, can you please wish a happy 12th birthday to my friend Quads? And uh, that was a distinct memory. Jet Wu going, Quads, happy birthday, man. The big one, too. So a uh, little, little Jet Wu story that uh, I'll have to tell him about that next time we uh, chat with him. But anyways, he touched on it. And I want to touch on this as well, Chris, because there was people asking in the YouTube live chat. Also, of course, brought to you by Zephyr Epic. Promo code hockey season, all one word, is the one you're going to use uh, over at ZephyrEpic.com. Okay, he touched on it. The AHL playoff format, because people saw it. I thought it was a typo at first. The Calgary Wranglers hosting the first two games of this series. Then there's a bit of a break. And then it goes back to Abbotsford for the final three games. Best of five series. So obviously that could end with one Abbotsford Canucks home game. They're guaranteed at least one, Chris. But... Jet Wu touched on it. Like, that's an advantage for the Canucks, right? And how it works is the Wranglers, the higher seed, gets to pick what they want to do. And the Wranglers were the ones that picked that. Um, so, yeah, Jet said said it himself. He's a little surprised that they chose that. But, like, if you're a Canucks fan out there and you haven't been to an Abbotsford Canucks game yet, get out there. Like, get out there. Get loud when they need you. Because, hey, they could need you. We don't we don't know what the series is going to look like. Calgary hey. Wranglers are a tough team. They're the best team in the AHL, Canucks matched up pretty well with them this year. It was, I believe, a record of four, five, and one. The previews over at Canucks Army, I wrote it yesterday. But uh, yeah, get out there, get loud, make it that home ice advantage that Jet Wu was just talking about. Yeah, I mean, going into the best team in the AHL, there could be some redoubtable feelings there from the Abbotsford Canucks as they roll in to face this team. They have Dustin Wolf, who's the MVP of the league, the best goaltender outside the NHL right now. But man, this team played such good hockey against them at home in that final series of the regular season, and that was playoff hockey, man. That was playoff hockey to set this up. The Wranglers haven't played a game since. They had the bye, obviously, in the first round of the AHL playoffs. They haven't played since the Vancouver Canucks regular, or the Abbotsford Canucks end-of-season games. So it's going to be interesting to see, but, Matt, you mentioned the format. So two home games in Calgary. Abbotsford just needs to take one of those. You come back with a 1-1, you know, in, in the series, and you got three home games to put it away? Like, come on, all you got to do is take one on the road here. As soon as you take one on the road, you're laughing about the way that Calgary chose to run this series. You're laughing about it because you're coming back with a split and you just got to win two out of three at home again like they just did and whooped on the Condors. It's going to be a lot more difficult because Dustin Wolf, he's no joke in that, man. Um, but I'm curious, what I need to see is, so Niels Huglander was excellent throughout that first round opening series here. He was good throughout you got to get more from the rest of the lines. You got to get more from the rest of the lines. Can we get the lines up here, Alex? I saw you had them up a little bit earlier, but that Huglander, Sasson, Rao line was excellent throughout. I didn't think you saw much from any of the other forward lines. I thought the defense was good throughout, especially the uh, the Wu Juleson pairing, much better in game two than they were in game one. They really came together. I thought Rathbone and Keeper were both good. Keeper obviously scored the goal uh, in Friday's game to, uh, you know, first goal in 162 games. Shout out to Cody for that stat or 162 days, but shout out to that line. I just, I mentioned it, I think, on Thursday's show going into the weekend. The Baines, Ratu, Klimovich line, didn't see much of them. The Stevens, Waters, Gatcomb line, I thought they were they were pretty physical throughout, but I didn't see much offense from them. Not a lot of time in the offensive zone. You know, Jeremy Calton, the head coach, talked about it. Like, that Huglander line really did carry them through that series. And against this Calgary team, you're not going to be able to get carried by one line because the other team in the Calgary Wranglers as a goaltender who's ready to, he can stop one line on his own. He's that good. He is a goaltender with ridiculous stats so far this season. He's excellent. He's young. He's been in this league for a while. 
best goaltender in the AHL. You're going up against the best team in the AHL. This is going to be a very fun series. And I think it's going to be very physical right off the top too. But you got to see, you, you need more from Dowling. You need more from Carlson. You need more from Baines. Like these guys need to step up a little bit more and you need to kind of still hope that the hug liner line just stays hot. Yeah. You don't want to go into the series with hope as your game plan. But with that being said, you are hoping at the very least that the performance of that line and namely Niels Huglander, like let's call mm. a spade a spade here. Niels Huglander was the driver of that line. Like he was really driving that line. And I understand it's the AHL Chris, but that was a big criticism of Huglander at the NHL level was he can't really drive offense by himself, but it was the opposite with Huglander. We've already talked about him going to the net hard in game one in game two similar thing like he was just all over the ice you looked up and you really noticed his awareness in both the offensive and defensive zones there was no blown coverage there was no uh, call as Colton told you there was no puck management issues and for Nils Huglander to be turning in these kind of performances you're really blown away by it and the one thing I want to quickly get in here Chris is just that when you watch hockey live right and especially where we're sitting in the press box where you kind of see the whole ice you can really see plays developing and plays as they develop lanes you can see all the lanes that the players are going yeah and and further to that you can really see when a player is late to noticing it like Mm. you you have a a wider view of course than just the player it's it's a hard job to do of course but you really notice it when a player misses his coverage right or or is not where he's supposed to be you really notice it uh when you're watching it live there was none of that. There was none of that with Niels Huglander. And, and quite frankly, Chris, when it came to breaking the puck out of their own zone, we, we were even joking about this. Like we said, like, it's weird watching a team just know what to do on a breakout and be able to execute perfectly. Like the Condors, no matter what they did on the forecheck, Abbotsford was able to just break it out cleanly. You know, you had Jack Rathbone skating the puck out more than a couple of times. Um, you know, Jet Wu, similar thing, stretch passes, all of that sort of stuff. You're seeing it from all of those guys. You're seeing the forwards come back to really support that breakout effort. It's just, a, it, it's night and day when it comes to structure and all that sort of stuff. You're seeing it with this Abbotsford team. And the point I was making right before Jet Wu came on was just that this looks like a, you know, a watered down version because obviously at a lower level, version of what this management regime wants to see their NHL team play like and what they eventually want their NHL team to become. It's a lot of fun out there, folks. You got to get out there. Um, If you're thinking about and you're on the fence, let this be my push over the fence and into the Fraser Valley, into the Abbotsford Center. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal experience. And if you're still not convinced, go read the replies to that tweet I sent out the other day uh, and check Canucks Army soon. I'm going to be putting it all in a big article but look it's a good environment out there chris it's a good experience good bang for your buck it's just you see times where where the opposition is trying to gain the zone on the Abbotsford canucks and they'll have five guys between the blue lines and it's like how are you how are you how can you make a pass when there's five bodies with active sticks just in that area completely shutting down nhl teams they just they play such a structured thing this is why when ryan johnson and the rest of the management group talks about jeremy colleton they spent a lot of time making sure this was the right guy for the job. And he's proven it so far this year. So that's been excellent for him. Um, I did see a question in here. We can kind of throw it your way. This is from Philippe Derry. Um, Faber, do you think they will continue to rotate the goalies? I, I think that's the plan. It'll be... I think it's going to be Martin in game one. 
But you know what? I feel like I've been wrong every prediction for the, for the AHL playoffs so far. I think I guessed Seelaws uh, in Game 1, and then I thought they'd go back uh, to Martin in Game 2. So I've been wrong both times. So I'm going to guess that it's going to be Spencer Martin on Wednesday, but that probably means it's going to be Seelaws. So I don't know. Do you have any, any thoughts on this? Because like I, I've said this, uh, and I said this a couple times on the show last week and, and as well as some of the radio hits I did. They're still developing Martin, man. They're develop- developing him to be an NHL goalie for the back for a backup position. I think they can get him there, and I think they're going to use this AHL playoffs for that. But at the same time, they want to develop Seelov. So, you know, Carlton said it. It's not the best situation for both these guys, but this situation is getting the best out of both of them because of the competition and pushing each other and wanting to start so bad. So I think they'll continue to rotate. I think it'll be Martin for game one, and that'll be an interesting matchup. But as soon as they take an L, that goalie might be a little bit more out of the rotation. I don't know. I think they're confident in both guys. So they don't really have like a jumping off point to really dive into one guy to be the full-time starter yet. There there just hasn't been a situation that's presented itself so far and kind of over the last like two months really where they've been like, oh, like the last two months have told us that both goalies are good. Both goalies can get shutouts. Both goalies can, you know, have games where they make 40-plus saves and only allow one goal. Both goalies have done that over the last two months. So I think they're going to keep rotating both guys until one guy slips. And no guy has slipped uh, since this competition's happened, since Spencer Martin went back down to the AHL. Nobody slipped. Neither of them have. So I think they're going to keep rolling into the playoffs like that. And when we talked to Jeremy Colton post-game, it really sounded like that. Like he talked yeah. about, yeah, maybe neither guy really loves this. I'm sure either guy would want the ball and just, you know, be able to run with it. But uh, we talked to Archer Silovs after the game and he, we asked him about it. And he's like, no, I like it. And it was like, oh, okay. Already like switching, uh, switching it up. And he said, you know, he kind of alluded to the idea of, uh, you know, it kind of brings out the best of both of them, right? So I think they're going to stick with it. I don't agree with it per se. Like, I, I really don't. Uh, when it comes to playoff hockey, I really don't like the idea of switching goaltenders up. But look, if it's working for them, it's working, right? And you don't have to change it um, if if there's no reason to, right? And right now, I don't think there's much of a reason to. I am a little surprised that we uh, didn't see Spencer Martin after the shutout. I still am a little surprised about that, but. I think that just shows you that they are committed to this idea of rotating goaltenders. So I think we're just going to see that all throughout the playoffs or until something else happens right now. Why would they change it? Yeah. I'll tell you what I loved uh, as we wrap up, put a bow on this and we can double jump on the, uh, on the ticker. I see Alex's Alex is probably just smashing tables, breaking pencils, all that stuff. We jump back on the ticker. He hates when we do that. Uh, I did want to say it's just, it's great to see Canucks nation, get behind this AHL team, really support this AHL team, not just in person. I'm seeing it online. You mentioned some of the numbers that the articles were doing on Canucks Army from Abbotsford last week. Like, people are really buying in. So it's going to be fun. I hope this team goes on a long run. And I'll tell you what, they're they're facing the best team in the AHL regular season in this upcoming series. You win this one, you know, get on your horse. Leave the Wrangler behind and you're moving on in the AHL playoffs. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, as it goes on here. And best of five series, by the way. We kind of touched on it with some of the stuff here. Best of five. So you need three wins uh, to move on. Let's get to it. Jonathan LeCaramacchi exploded for four points in one period yesterday. So I just get back from the United States doing my shopping. Got my Skittles uh, energy drink and all that good stuff. Whole bunch of Gatorade flavors. Don't get me started here on the Gatorade flavors, too. I, I hit the honey hole. Uh, AMPM, the gas station. You know this place quads AMPM? Whoa. 
laughing. I went to it, one of these ones where you can, uh, in the States, they got these. They probably have them in Canada, too. Down in the States, though, a lot of these gas stations, they got showers. Seven bucks. Go take a shower at the gas station. So what it was. They, that had the best, all the flavors. Anyways, Jonathan LeCaramacchi, I get home. He's got two points in the period already. I start watching, picks up two more. Four points. Let's get the stats up here for Jonathan LeCaramacchi up to this point. Uh, we got the video here yeah, first, actually. Whatever you want to do, Alex. Whatever you want to do, you play one or the other. Uh, so here's here's the four assists from Jonathan LeCaramacchi in this game. First two were primary, and this is all in one period, folks. All in the third period in a game that was back and forth. It was a 7-6 final. They ultimately lost. But this backdoor feed from Jonathan LeCaramacchi right onto the backhand of Linus Klassen, and he puts it in the back. And then, then a couple of late ones on the secondary form here from Jonathan LeCaramacchi. He's been great. He's over a point per game now in his 12, uh, eight, in his 12 Alsvenskin playoff games. And I'll tell you, he's finding it a little bit more, phys- like a good good amount of physicality from him. But I really think with him, he, he is going to stay in Sweden, right? He's not coming here to North America next year. Everybody wants him to be in Abbotsford. I'll tell you this for free. He would be getting pushed around in the AHL badly, okay? He's still not strong enough to be in the slot. He's still not strong enough to be in front of the net in Sweden, you got to be strong enough in Sweden to be able to come play in the, in North America around those areas. That's why I love uh, Lucas Forcell. Hey, he's strong enough. He's young too. He's 19 still. But uh, lakaramaki has got to get stronger. He's going to have an opportunity to do that this year. I uh, heard Rick Dollywall talking about this on uh, on Donnie and Dolly today. We'll have to see what happens with Jurgarden. If they don't win this series, and they're down 3-1 in this series right now, there's some talks that Lakaramaki might move to a different team so that he's in the SHL. So, could be interesting to see what happens here with LeCare Mackey. We'll get into contact with him after uh, his season's over. I'm not going to text him right now. It's too uh, too busy for him. Uh, 3-1 in this series. We'll see what happens. Their next game, I believe, is Wednesday. So, they have like, a whole bunch of days off here in uh, in playoff hockey right now at the AHL and the Alsvenskan League. Like, figure it out. Play some hockey. Uh, but we'll have to see what happens with him. But right now, like you can see on the board right now, if you're watching on YouTube, 12 games played, 4 goals, 9 assists, 13 points, and a plus 4. And I, I looked this stat up the other day. So his last eight games, his last eight playoff games, positive Corsi in all of those games. So really impressive stuff uh, from Jonathan LeCaramacchi, really turning things around the playoffs. We've been talking about it for about a month now, ever since he started ripping it up and kind of returned from injury earlier than we projected as well. So good stuff uh, from LeCaramacchi. We got a Burt Cam here. He's knocked right out. Good, uh, good curly dog right there. Yeah, got that on the screen. All right, odds and ends. Let's go. Odds and ends. Uh, NHL playoffs. The Hurricanes, they're leading the Islanders 3-1 to one in their series. Bo Horvat has gone silent for the Islanders, getting booed down on the island. They're giving him those boos for free. He's got three goals and six assists in his last 23 games for the Islanders. To finish off the regular season and in these playoffs, three goals and six assists in his last 23 games. After, you'll remember this, in the bubble... Bo Horvat had 10 goals in 17 games with the Canucks. He was a driving force. That goal he scored against St. Louis, you remember the toe drag? Sent the guy into the board sign. Like, he was he was playoff Bo. Has not been that for the Islanders so far this year. Yeah. Um, look, I don't want to rag on a former player and stuff because uh, Twitter's doing that more than enough. But you had to see it coming, right? Like, to some extent, you had to see this coming. And obviously, the Islanders give him the big payday. But... Like, you had to see that regression coming in. You just, like, did the Islanders watch how 
Bo Horvat scored his goals when he was in Vancouver, like before trading for him, because they don't really have that elite level puck distributor. Obviously, Matt Barzell does a fantastic job. And when he's playing with Barzell, he's done pretty well, all things considered. Barzell was down for the stretch of the season. That's partly why he was kind of silent down the final stretch there. But Barzell's healthy now, and it's just not happening for Bo. So look, like, um, obviously the Islanders are going to be hoping, hoping that he's able to kind of bounce back a little bit here and just get the jitters out. But yeah, you, you have to be a little bit disappointed. I think if you're an Islanders fan, um, you know, knowing that you've got that contract and are they really booing him or did you just make that up? I don't know. They, they were booing, uh, last night, the game, they were booing everyone. So yeah, they're booing him by association. Everybody's getting booed. Uh, yeah, okay. Jesse, Jesse's got a good comment. Yeah, bumper or die. Hey, listen, maybe they only watched him at five on five. They didn't see the goals. You got to get the puck to him in the bumper. That's his spot, man. That's where he scores. Uh, and off the rush. Those are the way Horvat's going to score. He hasn't done much of that uh, so far this season. Lisa says AMPM gas sucks. Don't fill up there. I didn't fill up there. I just I drove by, and I was like, "Ooh, look at the size of this gas station." Got me all all excited. Um, but we didn't make it to Costco. We were there too early. We left at 6 in the morning uh, to go down there and just get uh, get it done, get it out of the way. I got my Trader Joe's uh, spices and all that stuff. I'm good. Uh, okay, a couple more NHL things from last night. Uh, what else do we got? The Bruins, they're leading the Panthers 3-1 in their series. They're probably going to roll one through here. Stars and Wild tied 2-2 in their series. So that's a little bit of a, an exciting one. Maybe we get a Game 7 out of that. And another one we might get a Game 7 out of. I know it's near and dear to your heart, Quads, as you're wearing your uh, your Edmonton Oilers underwear underneath that outfit of yours. The Oilers c- came back last night, overtime win last night in L.A., 2-2 in that series. They're heading back uh, to your favorite city in the world, Edmonton, uh, for this series. Any any takeaways here? I know you're you're locked in with all the Oilers Nation guys over there. No, I was telling you, I, I'm I'm all focused on the Leafs right now. I'm uh, on the Leafs side even of worse. the Nation Network right now, but... No, in in all seriousness, yeah, the Oilers series, I did watch that game last night. And look, you like, you watch them. And honestly, like when they were down three, nothing, Chris, just with how good of a defensive team LA is, I thought that was it. Like, I I thought that was it. But, you know, you run into some penalty trouble. You give that power play, you know, one of the best power plays of all time. You keep giving them chances. Eventually, they're going to strike. And that's kind of what we saw, right? So, look. I really am. I, I'm really curious how that series is going to end. I I still think it's Edmonton. Like I think Edmonton's going to win the series. I don't know if that. I don't want to be one of those people that's like that was the turning point of the series when they came back and won that game. But look, I'm I'm curious at, to at the very least to see kind of what happens. And like you watch that game and just look. I know it was only one power play goal that they scored, but it just started them off right. Like it, when you score that first goal, it almost just opened up the floodgates, it felt like, for the Oilers. It was Evan Bouchard, I think, was mm. the one that blasted home uh, the shot there. And there's a lot of talk in Edmonton. I know this for sure. When that Tyson Berry trade happened, when they went out and got Matias Ekholm from the Nashville Predators, there was a lot of people saying, well, why did you just take away a weapon from the power play? And Evan Bouchard's done a fine job in that spot, uh, filling in for Tyson Berry on the Oilers' first power play unit. Yeah, who's uh, downtown Jay, big boss man. He's uh, he's a big Ekholm guy, isn't he? He loves that trade, and he's yeah, he's been good for them. That oh, yeah. that call last he's night, got the jersey. Oh, the tripping call last night on uh, on Leon Drysdale. You see that? Yeah, in the slot there, it's just like a little looked like a hit. So I I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. But I I think I forget which coach said it, but it was a good it was a good point. It's like hey, it's gonna even out by the end of the playoffs anyways. You're gonna get calls. You're gonna have calls blown. So I don't want to spend. I've seen a lot of sports shows around today spending a lot of time on the refereeing, and it's just like hey, they got a tough job. 
refs, listen, refs hear it from the fans all the time. They're never going to be praised for their work. Uh, I, I just think that uh, I do, I agree with, I forget which coach it is. I feel bad about it, but uh, whichever coach said it, it is all going to even out by the time the Stanley Cup is presented to somebody. Yeah, but also, let's not have this idea that, oh, well, what what can the NHL do? Because that's, that's a lot of the takes I'm seeing right now. Some former players, a uh, lot of people on Twitter just throwing it out like, you can complain about the refs, but what do you want the NHL to do? I think it's pretty simple. Make them available for media pools. No, like, make I, them available to answer. Come on. No, no. I, I, if you're, if you want, if you want to change something, and I don't, I don't like it, but I don't like that idea. I don't think that's going to help anybody. That's just going to create more drama. Hearing the refs talk after the game, because what are they going to say? Like, yeah, I blew the, I, I screwed up the call or what? They're never going to say that. They're not going to be 100% honest. They're going to answer like general managers talk to us at the end of the season. They're just going to do, you know, they're going to be trained how to speak about their blown calls. And they're just going to, it's just going to be like a robot talking to us. I don't think you're going to get anything there. You're going to get accountability. You're also going to get less game management and all this other crap because they're not going to be able to come out and say, you know what? I gave a penalty out earlier, so I thought I should give one here. They're not going to be able to do that. You need some sort of accountability. Make them available. There's no harm in that other than us getting home a little bit later. Like, there's no harm in that. I, I, I think you I think you got to do it. And hey, if it's more drama, good. The NHL needs that. The NHL needs more engaging stuff going on in their league. It. The pr- the problem, it's not a con, I don't think, if you have more drama. Like, that's what you want. No, that's but it's petty. It's petty drama. It's not actual drama. It's, it's You're not going to get anything. You're not going to get anything juicy out of a ref, man. There's no chance. It, it, I think it's a waste of it's you a might. waste of time. If anything, here's the thing get, I would do. Look. If anything, and, and I don't like this idea, but it's better to me than just pff, talking to the ref after the game. You're not going to get anything from that. But there needs to be some sort of way to review penalties a little bit different. I know they've changed it for like majors or minors or high sticking, all that stuff that's been changed a little bit. I think you can, you can have like in playoff situations. I wouldn't do this in the regular season, but in playoff situations, I don't have a problem with the call just being correct and having your best eyes, whether it's in Toronto or New York or wherever you want to send it to a video room, have them come to it. It's just to me, it's tough for, that's why I don't like the idea of a ref talking after the game is because they made that call in the in the speed of play. And they might be wrong. You're not going to gain anything or change the game from them talking about it after the game. If they made a call that was wrong in the heat of the moment and they want to correct it, do that at the NHL. Let someone in the NHL or officiating handle that. Do that and make it a review type of situation. You don't change the game at all from a post-game interview of a ref saying, like, if I think about post-game interviews with refs, or, or I, I think of the umpire who blew that perfect game. Did that give the did that give that pitcher that perfect game? And I'm forgetting his name. I'm blanking on it. He threw a, a perfect game, and it was the one uh, he blew the call at first base. You might remember this. You're a baseball guy. You're wearing a hat. Do you remember the, the the ref's name? Jim Joyce. Yeah. Jim Joyce was the umpire, not ref. Whatever. You know what uh, and Armando uh, Galarraga yes. was the pitcher for the Tigers, who had his perfect game taken away, I believe, in the eighth inning by just a blown call. I think it wasn't it the wasn't it two outs in the in the ninth. I thought it was like last call. Could be. Anyways. No, I don't think. Um, I think it was. I think it was. Look it up. Yeah, we might. I thought have to it was the it. eighth. I just. I, but what I'm saying, you can look it up here. What I'm saying is that doesn't give him a perfect game. I mean, in his mind, maybe it's like, okay, I guess he sort of, you know, thinks he did throw a perfect game. But I don't know, man. I don't think it comes back. It's not going to change the record books for it. And it's the same thing in a game. Like, hey, say there's a blown call in overtime. 
They can't review it because it's a minor. The team ends up scoring on the power play to win it, and it's over. What the hell are you going to gain from the ref talking about, oh, maybe I didn't make the right call in Game 7 in overtime there? Like, if you were able to review it, there's something that actually changed the outcome of the game. You're not getting anything from a ref after the game. Uh, you were right. One out away was Galarraga there. But back to the point. Back to the conversation. We're a little over time. Alex, if you need to dip, go ahead. We'll close this out ourselves. This will go on for about 20 uh, minutes. Alex is I'm good. Sure. We got but the ticker back, back on track. Point. Alex is fine. That's right. But, but back to the point, Chris. Having some level of accountability for the refs is not a bad thing. Like, and, and but I can't get over this drama thing. Like, yeah, you say it's petty drama. Okay, name another type. That's the type you want. Like, that's exactly what you want, right? You want Alex Burroughs calling out refs, right? You you want that storyline. Think of that storyline. This one in Vancouver that you got to experience, Chris. Think of that if... Jason Boschford, who was in that pool or whoever, right, was in that pool talking to Burroughs and gets that great quote about what was his name? Stefan Auger yep. was his name, I believe. Imagine he gets that quote. You get that quote. And now you get to go back to the ref himself and he gets to speak about it. Come on. Like you're, you're getting accountability. And look, I don't disagree with your replay review idea other than the fact that games might take a little too long. Hey. I'm not going to start with that, but. Let, let's focus on let's focus on this post game t- presser thing because I really really like the idea. I think I think you can only gain from it. I don't see I don't see an issue. Like I I really don't. I don't like if, if the issue is oh it's going to cause petty drama. Who cares? Like we need more of that in this sport. I don't think that you gain anything from it. I think the accountability that you mentioned is there for a ref to put on that jersey and go referee an NHL game. Uh, they know they have to be accountable for their calls. And I don't think you're gaining anything by making them speak after. It's just, it's just how I feel about it. Let Alex, let's get Alex in here on this. So when you maybe disagree on something, I like to hear Alex's opinion. Because normally, I'm like, oh, Alex is going to pick a side. And normally, Alex comes in here with some third option. And then that gets the chat. What do you got, Alex? What do you think about the, the refing situation? Because you've done a bunch of shows today. I'm sure this has been talked about a lot. Oh, first, I was going to say, you, you kind of chirped every show I worked on <laughs> leading up to this show today because, yeah, it dominated discussion all over. Uh, even like the Sen show was talking about it. Uh, anyway, the the so the, the debate is what? Like to to bring in a ref cam and then. I guess it's like what? Scrutinized. Yeah, I mean, what would you if you could make a change? Like, what would you like to see? We're not saying, like, a major change, just anything. Like, well, is there a way to fix this problem, I guess, uh, with the refing? Because, like, I don't know if there is. I don't know really if there is, aside from making the replay change. Well, some days I wake up and I think we need to get every single call right on the ice. And, like, my my background here is I was one of those replay technicians mm-hmm. in the broadcast truck providing the replays for the officials in the situation rooms and all of that. And, you know, it, it was a fun whenever it's an exciting part of the of a broadcast behind the scenes when like I'm yelling out, we've this might have been offside or <laughs> this is goalie interference. Like you're yelling out opinions right away. You're trying to find that angle that will really show whatever opinion that you think the ref it has. Um, and then. So if there's a ref cam, and I've worked a ref cam before, Memorial Cup sports that mm. used to put ref cams on the on the helmets of the ref, but that doesn't tell you where they're looking, like in their eyes and all this stuff, right? Or it doesn't it doesn't 
you know, what they can be interpreting on the play. There's, there's many, many things that I remember the officials were kind of leery about having a camera on their helmet because if there's a penalty caught right in their view, according to the camera, well, they could have been looking in the corner of their eye at something else in the corner or something, you know? Mm-hmm. No, and, it's a good point. Uh, so, so like, just cause, just cause there's a camera there doesn't really mean it. And then look at, so some days I think like we need every, absolutely everything. And offsides was that like, uh, it drove me nuts that there was an offside and a goal and there wasn't, and the goal wasn't called back and all this, but, and, and now and some days you're like, we need to get every penalty, right. Or we, but, but do we, isn't it better? Like, look at how bad the broadcast is and everything. When it, when there is an offside and it's like a millimeter offside, mm. the guy didn't really have an, any kind of involvement in the play. We're taking good goals away that if we just left it to the discretion of the of the officials on the ice, they wouldn't have called offside. We would have had that goal. The same kind of deal with, with penalties. Like it, it's kind of, some days I wake up and think we need them all called. And some days I think, eh, let's just have that human side to it. Like instead, why even have officials out there? If you, you could put cameras everywhere and then and hotspot every spot on the ice and, and never, and just have a, a horn go off when a penalty is called or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it would it would eliminate so many elements to the game, uh, and so I don't know. It's a good debate. Yeah, I think one thing I would take away from this, and and this is going too far. This is kind of disagreeing with my point, or at least making an argument against it. Is it, it's like baseball, right? I hate in baseball now when you slide into second base and you pop off the bag for a half second, and they have the glove on you, and you're out. Like no, like if if they're you know. That I hate. Like, I, there's a few things in baseball that I've really liked, and, and a lot of the stuff I think they've done recently is great, but it shouldn't, like, that, you steal a bag and you come off for a split second and the glove is touched. I hate that. That's too much. That's, that's I, I don't think this is the right way to say it, but it's like, it's an abuse of the power of the replay at that point to me. Like, I, I like it for a lot of things. It's just about tweaking it the right way, and I like when leagues try things. A lot of it's not going to work, but hey, look at the pitch clock in minor baseball. Right, like when we were watching the Vancouver Canadians last year, watching Ricky Tiedemann, our buddy, throw on the throwing games, pitch count was in there in the, in the in single A back then, and they moved it up to the MLB because it worked well. So try these things in the AHL. Try this, like this serious situation with the AHL. I wonder what they do with that for maybe like play-ins. Right? Are we going to see a play-in for the eight, nine, ten teams in the NHL soon? Because it's kind of worked in the Pacific Division. Like, hey, all the top seeds won in the AHL Pacific Division. They just had to play a couple games, and now they're warmed up for the playoffs. I'm curious. Like, they are trying different things. I just, uh, yeah, I don't know the right answer, and I think it would be it'd be good to get the refs in this conversation with the NHL, with the top players, with the union, all of it, and see if they can find out a way that makes sense for everyone. Because we can have our opinions, all the other shows that Alex does, all 12 of them, uh, before he comes on with us. They're all talking about it, but we, we don't know. We're not on the ice with it, and I think that's what you need to hear the opinion of, is the players who are on the ice, the refs on the ice, how they can make this better it's not going to be us with headsets on and mics in front of you and dogs in the background barking it's not going to be us who figure this out it's going to be the people on the ice that figure it out yeah and like the the final thing i'll say to it is i do want to give the nhl some credit because there is a level of accountability that i don't think a lot of people really know uh and dave jackson former referee now with espn of course 
uh, spoke with our friend Nick Alberga over at uh, Leafs Morning Take. And I know it's a Leafs show. I understand you don't want to read your Leafs content, but really insightful interview. Um, he was talking as well. He spoke about like Michael Bunting and stuff. But one thing he talked about was how refs do have a level of accountability where after the game, they have to go answer to a head ref. And basically, they go over every call that they made in a game and sometimes the non-calls as well. They go over it and they have to kind of explain what they're um, what they're what they saw and all that sort of stuff and look like it, it's similar to what I'm saying except the press doesn't get their hands on it so you can understand why we would probably want well I at least you don't uh, why I would want to hear what's being said I find it interesting but yeah like that is something that happens right now is uh, there's there's always someone evaluating these refs so I don't know like uh, just just wanted to get that out there because I'm not trying to say that NHL refs aren't accountable at all just because they don't have public scrums. Yeah. No, fair enough. I get it. Um, quick uh, notification from the Canucks. Nothing. They're just talking about Toyota. Uh, all right. Let's wrap things up on that note. Uh, like, it was funny. I said we're not going to talk a lot of hockey. Might Real be quick. Soon. Yep, go ahead, Alex. I'll just quickly get in. It was a really, really cool way to watch a hockey game was through that ref camp. Yeah. It, like, it, we, it, we put it on linesmen some games, too. When the, once the refs were kind of worried about calls not being called and all that, so they threw it on the linesmen's. And when there was like scrums and stuff, they would cut to the this ref cam and the right in the heat of the moment. It was awesome. That that is awesome. That's cool. I see Jesse said uh, they got to get one of those three sixty uh, Google Earth cameras on the refs. They'll they'll just be skating around with like a, a big uh, disco ball above their head, uh, getting every single angle for us. That would be a lot of that's a lot of work, uh, and that wouldn't. Wouldn't be great, probably, in the end. But it's a fun idea. Uh, final thing I want to say before we close out, uh, Quads, before you take this puppy home and go see your puppy. Um, don't say this often, but hey, rate and review the show if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We appreciate it, and it'll help more Canucks fans find this show throughout the offseason. It's actually a spot, and we've talked about this, Quads, doing the show for a few years here. Seems to be where we pick up a lot of our new listeners uh, throughout the offseason. A lot of other shows are going to shut down. We're going to still keep going. It's not going to be five days a week anymore, uh, but we are going to keep the show going. Maybe you catch us on podcast. Maybe you catch us on YouTube. If you do catch us on YouTube, throw a like on that video. Very much appreciated, and for the same reasons. more likes we get, the more comments we get, the more people will see this video, and then the more people we can have engaged here with the Canucks Conversation podcast. Uh, that wraps it up for my end of things. I don't know how to do the outro, so I'll send it back to... Uh, to Bert's pop over there, David Quadrelli. Very excited for the uh, Abbotsford Canucks conversations to continue. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. But in the meantime, and in between time, don't you dare interrupt me. My name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much. On behalf of my co-host, Chris Faber, who has something to say, so I won't actually be able to wrap this up properly. Oh, we got the Eagle Cam, folks. Those on the YouTube uh, can see we have the Eagle Cam up. Uh Alex Lard is our technical producer. Chris Faber is my co-host. My name's David Grigelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Not sure what to do with my hands at the end here. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business. Removing friction and frustration for your employees. Supercharging productivity for your developers. Providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.